Shall we? We shall. Good morning and welcome to the Life's Toolbox podcast. I'm Dana and I'll be moderating. And I'm Marcus and I'll be sharing. Today's topic is patience and we'll be taking questions from people about patience and we'll be discussing it. This is something that we apply every single day to our lives and without it, um, life is pretty bad. That's what I learned when I discovered patience. Absolutely. Um, we all need patience and I think there are some misconceptions about patience and um, we'll see if any of that comes up. Let us check the audience for questions about patience and see where the conversation takes us. Good morning, everyone. We have many people saying good morning. I realize when people say GM, we don't know if they're saying good morning or garden markets. <laughs> so it would be two GMs, GM, GM, if mm. it's a good morning garden markets. <laughs> Somebody said gardening is one of the best ways to learn patience. Hey, that is very, very true. I have gotten a more in-depth understanding of patience as I have learned from my plant friends and our plant cousins how integral it is to mm -hmm. progress and to success. So, yes, absolutely. A garden is a great place to learn some patience. I think about growing herbs with e-commerce and herb stores, you can buy herbs in bulk. So you could buy a pound of hibiscus flowers, you could buy a pound of hi uh, chamomile, a pound of peppermint. But if you tried to grow that much, you would be potentially astounded if you have no experience with how much time and effort it takes to yield a pound of something like peppermint leaf, mm -hmm. which is very light. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so if you're getting a pound of peppermint, you're getting a lot of peppermint. There's been a few times I've ordered bulk herbs and the, sh the box shows up. Oh my gosh, there's so much more in here than I anticipated because I wasn't thinking about what a pound equaled. And then when I started growing my own herbs and harvesting, I'm getting a little bit here and there. Mm -hmm. And I think that's part of the reason why in the past herbal medicine was considered something that we went to more so an emergency because before large-scale cultivation, you didn't have an abundance that we have today. So now mm -hmm. you'll have people be like, these are the seven herbal teas I drink in a day. And I think sometimes, like, are you aware of how much time went into growing those plants? And mm -hmm. when I started growing my own, I realized how important patience is to appreciating the plants that mm -hmm. we grow and how we use them. You know, there's, a, there's something to be said about patience being linked to gratitude, being linked to acceptance, being linked to understanding. Um, being linked to so many aspects of our life that have quality. Uh, it is really important that we remember um, and apply patience to the way we use things because it, it actually limits the amount of waste that we produce. The amount of times I see people in haste consume something that they're really passionate or excited about. Um, maybe it's paint, um, maybe it's soil, because they've just gotten so excited about composting and gardening. Uh, maybe it's clothing, they just got so excited about all these trends, now they're just getting all these trends. Well, whatever the thing is, it's got to be real, you have to be really conscious about how you use this thing and apply discipline, right? Be patient with yourself and the product so that you can make sure you're actually using this thing to benefit yourself and respect where it came from. The amount of us who consume clothes and consume products and have no idea where it came from or how much work had to be put into it, mm -hmm. and then we're done with it in a month. And it's like, oh, I think 
that's impatient of us um, and in many ways linked to being disrespectful. Yeah, I think that applies exactly to what I was talking about with herbs. How many people order herbs in bulk and then don't use them in the time frame of what they're good for and mm -hmm. then they just get discarded. Absolutely. It's a disrespect. But we did get our first question. So someone okay. said, do you always have patience or do you sometimes just pull something and start all over? Oh, man. Do you always have patience or do you sometimes you pull something and start all over? Mm hmm. Hmm. Okay. So I want to make a note here, right, that this is a very great question for multiple reasons. It's a great question because it is it's asking from a lens that's showing how complex patience truly can be. So let's break down this question. When you pull something, and I'm saying like, imagine it's a plant, you've planted a plant and now this plant is no longer thriving the way you thought it was going to. And it's in a planter. So it's occupying space. At what point, right, are you not being patient anymore? You're just waiting for something to happen. So like, where are these lines drawn? Like, where are the lines crossed? So I feel like I always have patience in regards to the experiences I have in my garden because I am looking to learn. I'm not trying to rush the process. And in the act of learning, in the act of being deliberate in the steps I take to observe whatever it is, I am not just waiting for something to happen. I'm, I'm being active as I watch. I'm being deliberate as I foster, as I nurture. But in that process, I am not trying to rush the outcome. I'm not trying to force the outcome. That to me is patience. So patience is an active process. And because it's an active process, I am being assertive. Now, at a certain point, because of practice, I will know when the last bit of life has left this stock. I'll check the roots. And, and in that case, think about this. If you're going to take this patient's thought process with the plant to its next step, at a certain point, it is a part of your practice of patience with the plant, not giving up on the plant, to gently take it out of its planter and check its roots. Maybe it needs a new planter. So I think so many times we confuse the line of patience and waiting and we see someone hurting in a room. So we say, hey, get better. But this person's not getting better quickly. So now we want to force them out of the room. At what point is it necessary to force the person to get out of the room so that they can kickstart their process again? At what point is it that you are just waiting there out of the room for them to do something in the room and you're not actually giving them any tools in the room? I think that 
one thing that we can think about in regards to the planter and where we find patience is doing our part to provide tools to the life that we are being patient with, but not trying to force the outcome before we've did our best to learn about the current. Mm -hmm. Well, that makes me think about something I often wonder for the people in my life who don't seem to understand patience to the degree that they can apply it to their lives effectively. So we hear patience is a virtue, mm -hmm. but everything they do shows me that they're impatient. Mm. How do you bring people to the awareness mm. that they're not applying patience and that if they were to do so, their, their lives would likely improve? Uh, okay. I think that one way to make someone aware that they're being impatient is to ask them questions about their peace, about their... Um, passion about their haste mm -hmm. why are you in a hurry mm -hmm. uh, why are you so quick to respond so quick to say x y or z and here's what i think will happen that person will be like well hey I, I, and and they will respond in a way that is negative like mm -hmm. you're attacking them and hopefully at a certain point that screams to the person they have no patience because mm -hmm. they're not able to actually listen to criticism without it hurting their well-being. But to your point, when people get offended in that moment and they get defensive, I've found that in some cases it gets them further away from acknowledging the importance of patience in that moment mm -hmm. because they don't mm -hmm. want to think that they have done something wrong. Or mm -hmm. that they're behaving impatiently. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, we get very defensive as a society these days. As a, as a, um, just a, as a, a um, individuals, we get very defensive about our choices and our thought processes, and that quickness to defend what may be immaturity what may be a really bad habit a bad process actually keeps us from growing but it's coming from a place that is linked to patience we're impatient with those around us and likely impatient with ourselves and so how do we get someone to address their patience a lot of times for me, it's in the breathing. Can we t stop and take a breath? How often do you stop to take a breath? And if someone encourages you to stop and take a breath, how do you respond? Mm -hmm. Well, that ties into a question that you did touch on coincidentally. Do you think patients can exist without peace or do the two go hand in hand? Oh, that's really good. That's really good. <sighs> I do think that they can exist without one another, but I don't think that you can have true peace without having patience. Mm -hmm. So I think you can have some patience without having peace, and that just means that I am looking for this thing to happen. 
I'm not focused on it. I'm not worried about it. I'm not wait. I'm not waiting on it. I'm gonna go and do this other thing because I know that this thing's gonna happen. I see artists doing that sometimes when they're like uh, knowing that something um, uh, is is in the oven cooking, and in that time while they are being patient for this thing to cook they are in the process of doing something else to be ready for the next step that is a form of patience but in that light often the artist doesn't have peace so i think that if you have peace there's a very good chance you're going to already have patience because what is peace peace is a state of control and mental clarity when you have mental clarity and control that peace it's really easy to see how things are incremental and how you must make steps to get to a next space mm -hmm. and so then it becomes that much easier for i think someone to have patience so it's a great question um in most cases i do think that they go hand in hand but in the rare space i have seen a form of patience mm -hmm. in artistry but that has not come without a type of anxiety and so that's not peace i i hope that answers the question i think so well it makes me think about when i was younger and i dealt with serious anxiety and had no peace part of what was contributing to my lack of peace was the sense of urgency that I felt. And in mm. many cases, it was self-imposed. There was no need to feel like the world was going to end if I didn't do this thing at this time. And oftentimes, I didn't even need to do, but I felt I felt anxious, so I wasn't being rational. And then as, as I was able to make myself slow down and take those breaths that you were describing and get more sense of where I was and how my actions were either going to help or hinder me going forward, I was able to make better decisions because without the patience I was often making a chain reaction of negative decisions that just constantly blew up in my face. Mm -hmm. That's that's the the one of the reasons why the dichotomy um, action and proaction versus reaction is so important to me. Um, I define that dichotomy as in the moment of experience stopping to control and make your choice being deliberate versus responding to whatever is happening and that reaction uh driving you reactions lead to chain reactions and inevitably there's some sort of an explosion but proaction takes you in a direction of productivity so that there's no need for said explosion and in that light to be proactive in the moment, you have to be patient, right? You have to be conscious that what's happening is happening around you, is happening to you, but does not have to happen in a way that dictates you. Mm -hmm. You still have choice. Um, and because choice exists, if you're not deliberate and looking around at the nuances as you make your choice, well, you're being impatient. And in, in fact, that kind of choice making is often premature choices that lead to a kind of immature situation. 
Well, it sounds like you're describing my thought process at that time because that was where I was. And then one day I decided I can't keep living like this. Like I either have to accept that for the rest of my life, I'm going to be caught in the state of anxiety and urgency and I'm never going to feel relaxed or I need to let go of some of the things that are causing me this anxiety and force myself to accept that whatever I'm worrying about can happen, but I need to slow down and think better about what I'd like to accomplish. And as I started to do that, my anxiety alleviated. But going back to what we were discussing previously about bringing people to awareness, when I talk about this sometimes, people say, oh, well, that's just you. Like other people might not be able to do that because of the variance in what you're experiencing. And while I acknowledge mm. that, I do think that if people are not open to thinking about something like patients that we hear about from birth and thinking about it critically, they're limiting themselves in terms of how they could manage what they're experiencing, in this case, anxiety. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I, I want to draw a parallel for uh, people to um, anxiety and our plant world, okay? And I want to, and it's because we're talking about patients, it's, a, it's about how I see us making assessments in our world today and and to speak to Dana's experience how I think that's driving a kind of snowballed effect of what we are calling anxiety so in a lot of ways we are pushing people to look at the world around them and make judgments of what they see based on criteria and stereotypes from times before and that's not encouraging people to go up and look closely at things and again it's in the nuances that patience truly exists and the nuances comes from looking at the details actually taking time to observe the anxiety that a lot of people feel right now is so crippling because they are not able to disconnect themselves from their emotion. And the more that that continues to happen, the more we see people searching for ways to feel better. Mm -hmm. And I think that online is a way to escape for a moment so that you think you are being patient with whatever problem you have that you're addressing. But the difference between waiting and avoiding is where you place your attention. Patience says, I'm not going to just take my attention away from everything. Patience says, I'm going to put my attention deliberately in a direction. So it sounds like you decided to put your attention in the direction of your well-being. And by doing so, you started to see, oh, the choices I have been making have not been great for my well-being. Mm -hmm the assessments I've been making about the world aren't necessarily accurate to my productivity and my well-being. Mm -hmm. So the more you stop to analyze those things, I think the more you opened yourself to actually grow. Yes, and in doing so, I realized I'd been impatient for so long. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
it's a it, it it's it is now generational in a lot of ways we've we've had so much of the idea of convenience thrust upon us that a lot of people don't realize there are double-edged swords to most of the lenses of convenience we've created and what that has done is it drives impatience so think about your microwave as a perfect example man what a convenient tool to heat up food quickly but how many people now want something that only takes a minute to heat up and want it to taste good mm -hmm. want it to be nutritious want it to be good for you well how is that actually going to work yeah. it can't that's not how life was designed so in that light go to any five-star restaurant in the world and ask them where their microwave is and you'll find that it's not something they're using very frequently so thus the disconnect between our idea of convenience and then our actual access to well-being and nutrition um, we've sacrificed so much good because we became impatient with actually using our time and energy for each other and to build ourselves so now we rely on these conveniences that are actually not good for us so when did you discover the importance of patience or what taught you patience i grew up in the country man like everything was slower and i didn't realize how slow we were uh, until i got to city life and was like, man, things are so much faster here. Mm. Things things are just like, and I, I had not been introduced to so much fast food. I had not been introduced to so much convenience the same way. Um, so I already had a baseline of understanding of old ways of doing life and the old ways of doing life require a kind of patience. Um, so then as I got older, I started to see how many of my peers and my family, for that matter, had become disconnected from life, mm -hmm. from, from the reality that um, things are built in pebbles in order to become giant stones to become a mountain. Mm -hmm. Um, the amount of people who just want to go find the boulders mm -hmm. and it's like well hold on if you're not actually lifted any pebbles well then you're not going to be strong enough to move a stone let alone roll a boulder so our our disconnect between our understanding of how we sustain peace incrementally how we maintain our balance in our body and our energy incrementally how we maintain harmony between each other and society incrementally has been completely broken because of the idea of convenience and how that's linked to lack of patience we have for ourselves and one another. So what do you think is the greatest misconception about patience? Mm, I think the greatest misconception is that patience is w one, not necessary, linked to some sort of weakness um, the world has painted patience as a negative thing, right? It's like you're, you're, you're supposed to make the quick decision. You're supposed to understand where the risk is so you can get your reward. Like, you I think in that case, what the world is condemning is being slow. Mm, mm, yes, is being slow. But 
That hurts the person who's patient. That hurts the per exactly. Mm -hmm. And so they're they're to me they're they're linked. The mm -hmm. the world's pace currently does not respect life. Mm -hmm. And life says there are different days of the year that there will be sunlight, shade, sun, whatever it will be, right? Um, there will be variance. And according to the variance, we respond that day. But that's not how we've set life up at all. We're, we're not patient with how life works. We, we are really pushing the outcome, the return. The reward. I'm so sorry. Did that bird just fly right past our it, son? It didn't. It didn't. <laughs> I heard that. I was like, "What?" It made a. He it made an S curve in between the pergola um, support beams. Wow. Oh, I, I, we've been talking for a long time. We said a lot of things. Audience, please give us your feedback. Let us know your thoughts. Someone said wise words. Oh well, thank you. That's very kind of you. And then a question, do you think patience is learned or is it in us naturally and we grow into it? Ooh, man. Ooh. Hey there, birdie. Wow, they're getting real close today. Hi. Hey, birds. Hi. <laughs> um, do I think patience is learned or what was the last part? Um, do you think patience is learned or is it in us naturally and we grow into it? And we grow into it. You know, I think patience is learned. Like, I think there's a certain point in our lives where if we were just living in nature, we would have more patience for each other and for life because we would have more appreciation for the complexities of life. I think in today's time, it has to be a taught skill because the world is not encouraging children to have patience. I mean, if we just look at YouTube videos and just look at like children's marketing and what that's done to parents, none of what we've set up for infancy all the way through growth is designed to give people tools for clarity, cognition, and thereby reigns of patience. Uh, so I do think it has to be learned now, but I. I think in nature, it is somewhat innate to us because we would not rush to eat everything knowing we need some things to grow seeds so that we can have it again later. We wouldn't rush to just um, hunt every animal knowing that we have to be patient for the animals to be able to thrive themselves so that they can actually support us and thrive. Mm -hmm. Nature is so consistent in its design of balance that it elicits patience for anyone watching. I mean, any gardener will tell you, you gotta learn patience when you plant a seed. It's an incredibly exhilarating feeling waiting for the seed to sprout. But you gotta be patient. And if you're not patient, you'll likely undo that work. So in, I think it's innate in us but not in the way we are growing in life. And so thereby it has to be something we teach one another, we share with one another, we, we encourage one another to kickstart again, like an instinct that we have started to put blankets over 
and then we started to put concrete around then we started to brick and then we started to fill out many many mounds of dirt and then we went and found ways to put crystal around it we gotta unearth all of that nonsense so that we can get to our roots again and and allow our instincts to thrive and and instinctually you are conscious that we must be deliberate in every step must be patient with every breath and that elicits a kind of patience naturally well a couple more questions before we wrap up but somebody had asked a question just as you mentioned about children um what do you suggest parents do to foster patience in young kids oh man what do you do to foster patience in young kids you do several things, in my opinion, okay? And I'm saying this from the, the space of, of, of a recent parent. Um, I'm saying this from the space of an educator. I'm saying this from the space of someone who ha loves humanity and is desperate for humanity to thrive and, and become a better species of itself. Um, a better version of itself, a better species in general. we have to be the example children are watching us all the time my my son is watching me all the time he's nine weeks in a day and i'm telling you he is studying me listening observing right now staring me down listening and observing watching The, the children are absorbing massive amounts of information, more and more than any of you did, because they have more access to information than any of you did. And it doesn't even matter if you've lived in the forest alone. Because of the fact that we are all literally connected, your children have to be that much more deliberate because they're alive in 2023. It's just the reality of it, but I think many of us feel so independent of one another uh, that we don't recognize the true cosmicness of how harmony works, how notes carry. So in that light, what we have to do is be the example so that children don't see us hasty, huffing and puffing about nothing. Mm -hmm. So quick to say something when we have nothing to say. Just stop talking for a moment. Just listen. The amount of people I cross who literally are so desperate to speak, but why? Now, that doesn't mean that if you're asked a question, you shouldn't tell someone all of the things that you have to say about that subject matter. I find myself, I've crossed a lot of information. So when you ask me a question, I'm trying to synthesize a ton of information to put out there. But ask Dana, there's a lot of times I'm just not talking. Yeah, and it was pretty difficult in the beginning. I'd be like, why don't you give me an answer? Like, what are you thinking? And he's like, I'm sorry, I'm processing. Like, oh, I'm sorry. I should give you that time to process. But for me, I'm like, let's go, let's go. And then I'm like, oh, actually, I could be I could be rushing into something without having thought about it either. I guess I'll take more time to consider this, whatever it is that we're talking about. Mm -hmm. And so in that light, be the example. Be patient with your neighbor. Be patient with yourself. Be patient with your loved one and your companion. Be patient so that your children see you being patient and mimic what they see. That's one part. The other part of it is to encourage them through practices 
like building a skill, whether it be throwing a football, throwing a baseball, learning to dig and plant plants, playing the piano, teaching someone a skill also elicits patience, especially if you're teaching them the, the fundamentals of the skill so that they can take those fundamentals and turn it into something unique and beautiful to themselves. Teaches someone patience because it shows, again, the pebbles add up to create the stone, the mountain, to create the beach. Um, that's what I think we have to do for our youth. Well, we have one more question before we wrap up. This is a heavier question, okay. so I wanted to give that note. So, the time between a devastating event and finding peace seems immeasurable. My sister's husband was recently killed by a box truck. She has three little boys, mm. and the time between investigations and knowing has been brutal. How can I help my sister mentally? Say the first part of the question one more time. The time between a devastating event and finding peace seems immeasurable. Oh, man, that, that is so accurate. Um... So first off, I'll say my condolences to you and to your sister and to your family. Um, I will say this, okay? And I want, I, I, I want everybody to follow me on this metaphor, okay? We are in a forest and we are a tree. Every one of us is a tree in the forest. And our branches up at the top are a canopy, right? And in certain spaces, we've become so close, they've interlaced. Lightning strikes and the tree falls. And that tree holding on to some of our branches as it falls, we're wounded as well. The time of shock between the moment of the lightning strike and the branches actually falling to the ground can literally seem like a lifetime's worth of experience. And coming to the realization that there is a tree gone now and that you are left with wounds is a numbing experience. It is so important that every tree around that is left does that much more work to send its nutrients and its minerals to be supportive to the trees that were right next to the tree that was lost. You cannot force those trees to grow and the time that it will take, as you said, can seem immeasurable to find peace again. But you have to let the wounds heal and because where everyone is in the forest is unique, everyone's branches were affected differently and will require a different kind of healing, mm -hmm. a different amount of time. 
one of the things I've found to do in this space when there's been literally tragic loss I check in regularly I try to be that much stronger of a tree myself I want to make sure that when I come in contact with the trees that have been wounded I'm bringing healthy leaves to provide canopy where they've lost their leaves that's my piece I'm bringing to them making sure I'm coming to them with a state of mind that is going to be supportive again this is where patience comes into play I'm not rushing you to heal I'm simply standing here as a strong tree available for canopy as you need it and what I find is by just being present and not forcing it oftentimes the trees lean on me for some support the other part of that is I need to make sure that I'm conscious of my own energy my own tree base my own trunk so that when they lean on me I am not withering in the energy I'm sharing with them right and so this is why it's so important that each one of us is taking care of ourselves regularly so that when tragedy does strike to those we love we can be of actual support to them and that goes back leads into this next part which is the harmony we all share the same roots we all share the same soil acknowledging that there is a void in the soil now so you're not trying to, to, to deny it, to lie about it, to skirt around it. There is a void in the soil, but acknowledging also that time will allow us to spread new roots. Time, if we focus on our growth, will allow us to heal the wounds and continue to move forward. And as you said, there are children left behind. It's so important that we are of strong mind body and spirit for the children because they haven't had a lot of time to have their roots spread very deep to have their canopy go very wide the pain that they've felt is severe and is likely to grow up with them as a wound if we do not do our best to help them heal now so that it grows at best is just a small scar because you have to think about it if you look at every tree every knot every eye every scrape on the tree tells a story from some time of of hardship and experience that the tree went through when it was only yay high Every tree carries with it a lifetime of experience, of stories, of loss and hardship, just like every one of us. So although we may be wounded, it's up to us to make sure that those scars don't turn into a space that opens for infection. And the only way to do that is to, in the moment, be your best self and continue to be your best self in the next moment and the next and the next because the time period where tragedy struck and peace is found is only shortened by 
the strength and drive to reach to the sky. The strength of the tree and drive to continue to reach to the sky. Well, we send love to your family. Sorry to hear for your loss. My condolences. Um, I know all too well what it is like to lose a loved one to a a tragic accident, uh, both in car and in um, um, other means as well. So I have a lot of experience with tragedy, and I hope that what I've shared from my experience um, will help you and your family as you transition through this um, life experience. Well, with that, we will wrap up this episode of the podcast. For those who are listening to it live, it will be available to stream on November 13th on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and YouTube. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel so you don't miss a video. And keep up with the podcast you can follow so then you are always notified when a new episode comes out. We hope that you found the information we shared today valuable. And if you have any suggestions for topics for future episodes, please send us a message. We would be happy to get that feedback. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Um, And thank you to whoever you are out there for being vulnerable and sharing such a, a heavy question. The purpose of these exchanges is to be of a benefit to the audience and to be of a benefit to the world. So thank you for asking and letting me share my experience with you. Um, it was Plants and Tea, and she said, thank you for your beautiful words. I appreciate every word. I'm so grateful for you and your beautiful family. No. Thanks, Plants and Tea. Um, All right, everyone, with that in mind, I want you to breathe with me. Okay, take a deep breath. Hold that breath. And release that breath. Remember, share love, kindness, patience, and positivity with yourselves and each other so that we can build stronger communities and healthier environments and we can all grow together. Thank you guys for joining us today. Until the next time, I hope you have a blessed, blessed rest of your day.